This program contains techniques and exercises that can cause physical injury. Individuals involved in the production and those demonstrating their skills assume no responsibility for any injury or damage resulting from the execution of techniques and exercises presented herein. Because I'm the best in the world, even though a lot of you don't like to hear it. I just, it's fact, I'm the best, you know what I mean? I sometimes, I don't want to believe it myself, but it's the truth. I'm the best. Enough with the formality. I think we all know what's happening. It's time for the IC Robots show with your host, the champ, IC Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me, your host, the champ, and I'm still not a hero, but I still, I still sacrifice a little bit, maybe, of each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And I think that, uh, I think that this week is going to get a lot less weak. We got a ton of fun stuff ahead of us. It's Halloween. We're going to talk about some Halloween stuff. Got to talk about trick or treat candies. It's going to be great. But uh, before we get too far into it, let's uh, got a oldie but a goodie from our dude Iceberg. All right, hold it now. Hit it. All the critics, you can hang them. I'll hold the rope. My first job was working for Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Everyone that comes from Pittsburgh that is still working professionally in film and TV started with Fred Rogers. <laughs> it's all about the money, guys, man. It's all about the producers. Show was remade, Day of the Dead was remade twice, Crazies Now. <laughs> I think what's happening is that people are getting so completely frustrated and angry over the way things are being run. And I don't think zombies should run. So I think that's the wolf at the door right now. It's, it's not just, uh, you know, the, the frustrated uh, post office worker anymore. It's like a bigger scale. <laughs> was just grueling to do and I just felt that you know it, the whole thing had just gotten too big it was like had lost all connection to its roots which was uh, you know this little guerrilla film that we made as young filmmakers you are listening to the IC Robot Show proud sponsor of the 1984 All Valley Karate Championship all right, my dudes big shout out to Iceberg big shout out to George Romero we we still uh, we still feel the sting of the loss every single day when we when we see something zombie related and we know you're not here to uh, to enjoy it with us. I I also have some more somber news. This is somber news from it's a couple weeks back at this point, but we've had the blackouts and we've been away and all that stuff. We didn't get a chance to talk about um, Robert Forrester passing away. We all we all know and love Robert Forrester as a uh, the dude in Breaking Bad who runs the vacuum store, he's Max Cherry. 
in Jackie Brown. I think that would be what he would be like most known for amongst uh, contemporaries. He he passed away. I am a big fan of Robert Forrester's. I actually had the good fortune of meeting uh, Mr. Forrester once, which was which was pretty great. I I related this tale way back when I inducted um, Jackie Brown into the Five Mike Movie Hall of Fame, but I'm gonna I'm gonna retell it here, and I'm gonna retell it from memory, and it may or may not be accurate to what was told in the past. But this is this is how I'm remembering it today. And this is how I'm gonna choose to remember it. We we have this thing here in Santa Rosa called the Cult Movie Series, where where they'll play like horror films like Halloween or like culty stuff like Night of the Comet. It's it's pretty fun. We've gone a few times. We went to see Flash Gordon and that was great. And they, they were doing a special screening of Jackie Brown and I, I was down for that right off the bat. I knew we were going to go. But then we saw that they actually were going to have Robert Forrester, Max Cherry himself there in person watching the movie with you. And then afterwards he was going to do a Q&A and stuff like a meet and greet. We we got our tickets at at the box office as one is one to do. We we don't really like pre-order tickets all that often. We just kind of show up, get what's there and and whatever. So we we went there, we got our tickets and we're we're like in the lobby and we're milling around. There's it's a it's like a two-story deal, right? We were down on the ground floor where the snack bar is. They got snack bars on both floors. Now, but at the time there was only the one down at the bottom. So we're down at the snack bar, getting the popcorn, getting the soda and all that stuff and we we go up the stairwell to get up there. We didn't take the escalators. I wanted to take the stairs, get the, get the steps, you know, do the right thing. So we're we're going up the stairs, and as we get up to the top, there is there's Robert Forrester just standing there. He's just like standing in the stairwell, looking around, like I'm not really sure where this thing is, right? And he he saw me, and he saw me give him that look of recognition, like, oh my gosh, it's Robert Forrester. And his his face warmed up. Like, he smiled, and he looked really happy to, like, see somebody that he, uh, that knew who he was. He looked really happy. He's just like, hey, guys. And we got the chance to talk to him for a little bit there, and that was really neat. We were, we were a little chit-chatty. It was kind of fun. We had a little, had a little convo. And, uh, then we, you know, we left Mr. Forrester, and we went up to the, uh, up to the main floor. The, the person who was handling the event, who is a friend of my wife's, he showed up and he led uh, Robert Forrester, you know, like through the back, right? You know, so he could escape the paparazzi and stuff. So we, you know, we said what's up to him and we said what's up to Robert Forrester and we boned out. So we, we go up to the main floor and we're we're like milling around. And I saw um, I saw one of the people who's on our, our local Creature Feature show and I went up to her. And I, I talked to her for a little bit. Well, the wife went up to her and talked to her for a little bit. And we're we're milling around, waiting to go in. And then we see our homie Neil. That's the guy who who runs the event. He comes out with with Robert Forrester again, right? So we're standing there, and we're all milling around. It's me, the creature feature dude, and then the creature feature gal, uh, Robert Forrester, Neil, and the guy who directed that movie in the 1980 version of Maniac, William Lustig. If you're into horror movies, you know who William Lustig is. He's standing there, too. Well, he was sitting. He was sitting on a stool, right? And we're we're all talking, and Robert Forrester introduced me to William Lustig. He's like, this is my friend uh, Bill. I... I later found out that this was, you know, the noted film director. And I'm just standing there. We're all, like, chit-chatting. I'm thinking, this is, like, the closest 
I've ever been to, like, celebrity. To me, Robert Forrester is a gigantic star. He may not be, like, incredibly recognizable to everybody. Well, I think with Breaking Bad, he definitely is now. But he's he's gone through periods where he was probably less recognizable at any at any rate. I, I'm there with, like, all, all these people. And it, was just, it was crazy. And Robert Forrester was wearing, he was wearing, like, a T-shirt. Like, just a plain T-shirt with with sweatpants and um, sandals. Like, slide-on sandals with socks. Dude was, like, super cash. He had a bucket of popcorn, the big popcorn, and the big soda. I didn't mention that before. When we were down in the middle deck talking to him, dude standing there with the big bucket and the big soda. The giant soda. Not the little bitty one. Not the one that's kind of big. The giganto one. And he had the, the biggest bucket you could get. And he looked happy as a clam. Dude looked just like happy as a clam, gonna go watch a movie, got my soda, got my popcorn. This is gonna be great. Everyone's gonna honor me and talk to me. He just looked like, he looked so happy. And when he was talking to me, he seemed like such a super nice guy. Not like, oh, I'm Robert Forster, the big celebrity. He was just like, I'm just like a guy. I'm just like a nice guy and I'm talking to you. And this is, this is all fun. And we, we watched the movie. We all watched the movie together. He came in. Everybody clapped, and he did a Q&A afterwards. I got him to sign. I have a VHS copy of Jackie Brown, and I got him to, to autograph it for, for me, which is now one of, my, one of my prized possessions. I got it uh, on the shelf of fame over there. He was a really great guy, really great actor. He tore it up as Max Cherry. He was great as the dude selling vacuums on Breaking Bad. He's... Definitely one of the best. Just a real, real working man, real grinder. And when you gave him the shot, when you gave him the good material, he could do it. He could tear it up. He He's one of the best, man. The world is definitely a worse off place without Robert Forrester in it. But I feel happy that I actually got the chance to interact with somebody that I, that I admired. I was a big fan of his. The wife and I really bonded over Jackie Brown. That was a big VHS release when we first started hanging out. And we watched it and we loved it. And the thing we loved was Robert Forrester and Pam Greer in it. We just thought it was the greatest romance we had ever seen. It was uh, just some good stuff, man. So the movie's always had like a real near and dear place in my heart. And he's always had a real, real near and dear place in my heart. And I'm, I'm sad to see him go. And it's with a heavy heart, I have to say, Robert Forrester, they reminisce over you. in the footsteps of Ebert, Siskel, and even that dude named Roper. It's At The Movies with Icy Robots. Start talking. You first. Hi, my name's Tallahassee. If you want to survive Zombieland, you need to know the rules. Wait, I forgot the seatbelt rule. She knows the rules? I told her just a few of them. 73 other more. But on October 18th, the rules will change. There's a new kind of zombie. Stronger, faster, better adapted to the hunt. They are much more afraid of us than we are of them. You know why she's still alive? Because zombies eat brains and she ain't got any. Zombieland Double Tap Rated R. We went to see Zombieland 2 Double Tap on a Monday afternoon, and there were a surprisingly large amount of people there. Usually when we go, there's like a couple, there's like a few people here and there, but there were, 
There were like quite a lot of people at the uh, at the cinema on a uh, Monday afternoon. I I think horror is kind of a big draw, and it's October, so I I definitely feel like this is in line with everything going on. I I think you guys all know all about this. I think that you have all seen Zombieland One. It came out many moons ago. It stars Woody Harrelson. Emma Stone, Jesse Eisenberg, and uh, Abigail Breslin. Is that her? Is that her name? I, I liked the first one. I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. I, I didn't really feel like a um, like a remake or a sequel was entirely necessary. So I was I was actually surprised when I saw that this movie was uh, was coming out. And I I cannot say that I was like super duper jazzed for it, but the the wife was. The wife totally was. She was all pumped up and she wanted to see this. So see it we did. And I I do not know. I I, I, I hate to say this about um somebody else's art, but I, I didn't like this movie a whole lot. I didn't I didn't think that it was um that it was super funny. I also think that like coming out so late into the uh, zombie the zombie trend, the zombie fad is is kind of a weird choice. We've We've all seen so many zombie things in the past. When the first one came out, zombies were like new and they were kind of fresh as far as as far as like being like in the in the in the super mainstream pop culture. Zombies have been around for a long 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 time as uh Ascar D George Romero, but when when Zombieland came out, the idea was kind of fresh and they were kind of playing with some of the tropes and some of the some of like the different things about zombie movies and it it felt new and it felt kind of interesting, but by the time this one's around, I I watched Walking Dead on TV the day before, and I'd been watching a whole entire season of Fear of the Walking Dead by the by the time this rolled around. So zombies aren't new; they're not fresh. They're they're just kind of like a fact of a uh, fictional life. I like a zombie. I'll uh, I got to get that out there. I I do definitely enjoy a a zombie tale, but this one it just uh, it didn't grab me. I didn't think that the humor was super funny. A lot of the humor is in like how they kill the zombies, they have, like, this gimmick running through the thing where they do, like, zombie kill of the year, which is, which is okay, I guess, but after seeing, like, 20 zombies killed the day before on The Walking Dead, what's, what's new, and what's fresh, and what's amusing about killing zombies? I, I hate to say that I didn't really like a movie very much, but I'm sitting here watching it going, I'm not really, I'm not really liking this. I feel bad about kind of saying negative things about people's art because I know the kind of work that's involved in, in putting anything out there, but I I just wasn't feeling this one. But I do have to say, the other people in the audience were definitely feeling it. I may have been alone in not, like, loving this movie because people were hooting and people were hollering and people were having a good time. It It's also possible that going in... I had a lot on my mind because they they just announced another round of blackouts. PG&E here in uh, California just announced another round of potential blackouts. So that was that was forefront in my mind getting ready for all this. It's hard to watch an apocalyptic movie when you yourself are living in the apocalypse. But uh other people seem to like it. So take that for a uh, Take that for what you will. Oh, this is interesting to me. We sat in the second to last row, as we are wont to do. I like to sit in the second to last row, all the way over on the right side. I like to be on the aisle on the right side. That's just my preferred seat. But there were these, uh, there were these three jabronis in the last row, and they were all sitting with one seat in between them. Like, one jabroni, empty seat. One jabroni, 
empty seat, and then the third jabroni. And these aren't just like normal movie theater seats. These are like these are like the luxury recliners. So even if you sit directly next to somebody, there's still like a good a good foot foot and a half of armrest and table in between you. So these guys. These guys were, like, so far apart from each other. They wanted to make sure that nobody thought that they were into each other in that way that sometimes people are. That that made me laugh. Don't worry, bro. Nobody's thinking that about you if you sit next to your homeboy at the movies. It's, it seems more like that they're going to think something weird about you if you if you go out of your way to get that, uh, get that gap. But uh, at any rate, this picks up where the other Zombieland left off. I think it's like 10 years in the future. I don't know. I I wasn't paying as tight of attention to the uh, storyline as I as I should have, but it's the it's the same old Zombieland world. There've been zombies, there's been this, there's been that, and the the Jesse Eisenberg posse are going around and they're living it up. They're living in the White House. They're doing this, they're doing that. And I this is something that kind of grabs me about the movie. They they go to the White House because they want to live in, like, the coolest house. But when they go in there, they kind of destroy the place. And then at another point, they're like, let's go to Graceland. And they go there, and they're not, like, respectful to the king's artifacts, which I which I think is kind of weird. Like, they go all this way to go and live in the king's house. But before you know it, they're, like, they're thrashing stuff. They're knocking stuff over. I, I don't know. I might very well go live in the king's jungle room. But when I got there, I'm going to make sure to clean up after myself. I don't think just because there's like an apocalypse that that means I can just like destroy everything willy nilly. I still want like a nice, cool, like well-kept house. But that's just, that's just me. Emma Stone's in this as well. She's a great, Emma Stone's always great. She's always fun. Very charming. Very nice, uh, nice seeming gal. Woody Harrelson is in this and he's, He's always at the top of his game. Woody Harrelson's a Hall of Famer. I, myself, I do like Jesse Eisenberg. I know a lot of people don't, but I do myself like him. I, I don't know. He has, like, a weird way about him that I like. I think he's a good actor. If you enjoyed the first one, if you liked the first Zombieland, if you thought it was good, then by all means, go see this one. You'll probably think that it is good as well on on the good old-fashioned source magazine mic meter with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic i'm gonna i'm gonna give zombie land double tap a not so awesome 2.5 mics 2.5 mics the jeffersons alice and trapper john md will return next sunday at their regular times on most of these stations This week on the show, I have to present the top five mistakes. Tree for tree candy. Halloween is now upon us. The most spooktacular time of the year. A time of candy. A time of monsters, a time of fun, and a time of trick-or-treats. What we are going to have presented for you today is a list, a top five list of my favorite trick-or-treat treats. These are the ones that when I would do my bag of stuff, I would take these ones out and I would lay them aside for later chomping. I would go through the things that I wasn't so keen on first, save the great stuff for later. That's just like the kind of guy that I am. Let's, uh, let's jump into it, man. Top five trick-or-treat treats of all the time and space. Here's number five. Number five. 
Eating break. Which house do you want to go to first? The cat lady. Trick or treat. It's go time, kitty cats. Have a break. Have a Kit Kat. The number five on my list of trick-or-treat treats that I prefer over all other trick-or-treat treats is the Kit Kat bar. I love a mini Kit Kat. I don't so much go for like the big full-size Kit Kats as much as I do some uh, some other candy bars, but in like a small little bite-sized dosage, this is a delicious treat. The wafer, the wafer kind of keeps it light. There's only a only a small coating of chocolate, so it's not it's not a heavy candy by um, any stretch. You can you can eat these for days, and I I like them also because they're kind of a ubiquitous trick or treat treat. You get a lot of a lot a lot a lot of Kit Kat, so you can you can really dig in if it's something that you enjoy naturally. If it's something that uh, you're into, you can mac down on a Kit Kat for days because you get days and days and days of uh, Kit Kats during a trick-or-treat expedition. The uh, Kit Kat was devised by a company called Rowan Tree. They were a uh, British confectionaire, and Rowan Tree was, uh, they were acquired by Nestle, and I think, I think it was 1988. The Kit Kat was kind of created as a, uh, as a working man's candy. It was devised by Rowan Tree as something that a working man could put in his lunchbox and mac down on. I don't, I don't necessarily know what makes this more of a, uh, a work-related candy than other candies, but I, I appreciate that. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the ease of eating. You can just, like, break them in, into pieces and then, uh, you know, mac down on them that way. As opposed to, like, as opposed to, like, shoving a log of, a uh, candy in your, in your yap with a, uh, with a bar-type thing. I really do like a Kit Kat. One of the things I enjoy about Kit Kat is that they, um, they've really expanded out into different flavors. The, the Kid 2.0 took a trip to Japantown. When she came back, she had a bag of uh, like randomly flavored Japanese Kit Kats. There was like green tea. There was like black tea. There were vanilla. There were there were all kinds of neat ones. Now I do got to say that I wasn't like all these are really great. I did think like the green tea one was uh was pretty dope. But you're not gonna beat just like the standard chocolate Kit Kat as far as uh, I'm concerned. That's really that's really one of the reasons that's made it onto this list at all because there's like a million different Halloween things out there, man. There's like a million different things to even be considered in the top five is a, uh, it's an honor that, um, you know, you're considered. But, uh, anyway, the Kit Kat's number five. Let's, uh, move forward and see what, uh, what's next on the list, I guess. Number four. Nerds from Wonka. A kajillion tiny tangy crunchy candies all in one clever box. Now that's a lot of nerds. The number four candy on my list of trick-or-treat treats is a candy produced by a company known as Willy Wonka, and this candy is a candy known as Nerds. Nerds were the first candy that I I can ever remember being a sensation back in the days at uh, Binkley Elementary School. In the in the Binkley days, you would pick up your candy at the Ben Franklin over near where, um, well, not near where the uh, Stan Bennett Gym is now to the... Uh, to the exact spot. Ben Franklin was like a five and dime. Eventually it became like a craft store. But at the time, it was like a real, like a Wild West five and dime. It sold everything from like two cent root beer barrels to like pea shooters and stuff. Things that would like take a kid's eye out. The store, this store was amazing. It was an everyday part of every kid in the, uh, 
in the Bankley Middle School stratosphere over over there now and um and nerds were like the biggest thing they had going on over at ben franklin nerds were like the hottest candy ever for like the fifth and sixth grade year and these are like these are prime trick-or-treat years man so when nerds were out and you would get like a mini nerd in your thing it was it was to be coveted the the reason that nerds aren't higher on my list, especially after, you know, I said, like, well, how big of a deal the nerds are, is I am not, like, the biggest fan of nerds in the world. I like them. I think they're cool. But they, they don't compare to, like, a chocolatey uh, treat to me. But it was it was always dope when you'd go to somebody's house and you would get some things of nerds. And as much as I didn't like them as much as I liked some other things, I would definitely mac down on them just so I could be, like, a cool nerd guy. Like, I could be, like, a cool nerd daddy and the, uh... On the Binkley uh, playground. And as much as it counted, like, what you wanted to eat. Of course, that matters. That's a big deal. It's your own stomach. It's your own palate. But there was also, like, there was, like, a certain degree of flossing involved with your Halloween candy. My mom wouldn't let me, like, she wouldn't let me, like, bring the bag of candy to school or anything. But I would always, like, I would hide a couple, uh, a couple pairs of, um, a couple pieces rather of candy in my, uh, in my jeans or whatever, maybe like inside my jacket pocket. And one of the, one of the candies I would always be sure to have with me was a box of nerds. If I had the mini nerds, I would always bring them with because dudes would be like, yo, homie's got nerds. I see robots has got nerds. Check it out. He got two different flavor of mini nerds and he's going to drop them both in his mouth at the same time doing a double nerd flavor dump. Dude's got it all. Dude's the best. That never, that never happened. That was a total dork. Everybody hated me. And if I had nerds, they would just, they would just take them from me and replace them with like malted milk balls or, or something like that. Or like, uh, Tootsie Rolls. Peace out to Tootsie Rolls. They're the, not necessarily the worst. There are definitely worse flavored things, but when you got a Tootsie Roll in your, uh, in your trick-or-treat bag, you knew you got clowned. Whoever gave it to you, they didn't, they didn't love you. They didn't put in the effort to, uh, Get you something dope, like a thing of nerds. There's definitely like a hierarchy to the uh, to the trick or treat candy, and nerds are up there, man. As far as like as far as like popularity, dude, I think even like today, nerds are up there. Now, nerds aren't like they were back in the '80s, man, when like nerds first came out and people were just like so geeked how there were like different flavors on um, each side of the box. There's nothing nothing like they're out there at that time, and people were super geeked about it. But like they're still they're still into it. Nerds are still uh. There's still a thing. When I go over to the um the shop that's in the uh, Montecito Market uh, shopping center now that sells candy, they got nerds, man. They got a multitude of nerds. And candy space is hard fought for. If you're not selling, you're out of there quick. So seeing somebody on the shelf nowadays means means you're the goods. Let's see what's next on the list. Number three. Gang, do you hear that? Indeed, my sister. Look. UFOs spotted in Springfield. Homer! Night, boy. Whoa, alien dudes. You ingest this earthly confection for pleasure. We shall study this Butterfinger. As well as you. Um, let me take you to my leader. It's Halloween night and trick-or-treaters are near. Did you stock up on Butterfinger this year? Give them their crispity, crunchity, peanut buttery treat. No tricks, just Butterfinger. Not again. Night, Homer. Nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. And the number three trick-or-treat treat as far as I am concerned is the Butterfinger. Nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. Butterfinger is like a a peanut buttery kind of, kind of crunchy peanut buttery inside coated with, coated with chocolate deal. It's, um, kind of a long, kind of fat 
candy bar. That's what that's what the appeal is when you get the mini um, Butterfinger. Aside from the flavor and all that, is that it's kind of it's kind of like a hefty mini bar. Not like nowadays they have like they're more like bites. Like little, uh, you know, just like one bite versions of the uh, candy bar. But back in back in the day, and even in the good neighborhoods, you get like the full size half candy bar, the full size half. You know, what I'm talking about the big, the big mini, and the the Butterfinger one. It it comes across as pretty hefty, and that goes that goes a long way. Also. They had that super money campaign with Bart Simpson. The uh, nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger thing. That was over like Clover, dude. That was like the biggest thing. That at the time, in my mind, elevated Butterfinger up into like the upper echelon of candy bars. Where, from what I understand, it does not um, stand now. Back Back in a few years back, Nestle actually sold... Butterfinger and a bunch of other candy bars to an Italian company because the bar was not doing well. The bar was not doing good. The Italian company went out and they um, made a new recipe, a new uh, a new kind of Butterfinger with what they were calling like upgraded ingredients. Now, I myself have not had the chance to uh, try one of these new flavored Butterfingers, but from what I what I can read on the tweets, what I see on the internet, and y'all know how y'all know how reliable that is. From what I what I see there, people um don't really like they don't they don't seem like they're taken to it all that all that well, which is which is also kind of how things go when you change your recipe. People don't people don't normally go for it. Like, when you drop, like, a new Coke, dudes don't go for it. You drop a new Butterfinger, dudes don't go for it. But according to the Italian company, Ferrera, their reason for updating the flavor was the bar's not doing good at all. Sales are down. Sales are, uh, sales are in the pooper, as they say. I have not tried it, like I said. I haven't had a Butterfinger in a while. Well, I guess the last time I had a Butterfinger was probably last Halloween because you buy like the big bag of all the ones to pass out to the kitties when they trick or treat. And I, I dig into that like pretty heavily. I dig into that like all the way to the bottom. And I, I know that I last year did eat some Butterfingers, but that would have, um, that would have been before the update. When I go to the Safeway this week, at some point I'm going to go to the Safeway. At some point you always, you always go to the Safeway when I, when I head over there, I'll I'll see I'll look into getting a Butterfinger. I'll look and I'll I'll check it out. If it says it's the updated one, I'll I'll get it. I'll let you know what I think. I'm sure I'll think it's fine. I mean, I'm sure I'll think it's great. It's a chocolate bar with peanut butter type stuff in the middle. What could go wrong? Maybe they changed it a little bit, but come on, man. It is still a chocolate bar. It's still gonna be great. It's still a lot of fun. You better never ever like uh, lay a finger upon my butter finger. Is that how it? Is that how it goes? I cannot stress the importance of that uh, Simpsons advertising campaign on the on the coolness factor of butter fingers. Let's move ahead and find out what's number two. It's going to be great. Let's go check it out. Number two. Hello, Mrs. Jensen. You don't have any stickers in your shopping cart. The neighborhood kids love Snickers on Halloween. Let me help you. Oh, uh. I'm only helping Snickers. We're definitely going to her house. 
This Halloween, nothing satisfies like Snickers. And number two on my list of my all-time favorite trick-or-treat treats is it's Snickers. This means that what would happen is I would take the Snicker bar and whatever was number one, and I would set them aside. And every single thing would get eaten before these things because I... I like to delay gratification. I like to wait. And plus, all candy's good. So even eating the candy that you don't deduce as being the best is still, it's still pretty dynamite. I love a Snicker bar. Snicker bar is one of two, maybe three candy bars that I still eat today. They, they're a bit rich for me, like the full-on chocolate bar. But there are two that I do indulge in with uh, regularity. This one and the one that's number one. Let's take a let's take a little bit of a look at Snickers. Snickers is produced by Mars. It contains 29 grams of sugar and one one gram of dietary fiber. That's probably that's probably the peanuts in there. You know the peanuts. It's like Snicker really satisfies in Britain. The uh, Snicker bar is known as the Marathon Bar. The Snicker was named after the Mars family's uh, favorite pet horse. The horse was named Snickers. This is this is like a legend that is up to debate. I myself, I choose to think it's true. I wonder, I wonder where they got the name Snicker from on the horse. Maybe, maybe from laughter, like a, like a snicker, like a hee 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 Is that a? That's more of a titter. What's a snicker? Ho ho ho. I know not. I know not what a snicker is. <laughs> One of the uh, strengths of the mini snicker bar is that the the snick is, it's a hearty candy bar. It really can give you a pick-me-up. If you're feeling a bit peaked, if you're feeling a bit down, you can eat one and you'll you'll hop back up. Sure, it's all the sugars, 29 grams of sugar. But I also I also like to think that it's like those couple of peanuts. The protein from the peanuts is like giving me, giving me the strength to go to length, but uh, it's undoubtedly the sugar. I'm always, I am always happy, even like today, when I reach into the bag of uh, mini candies for the, uh, for the trick-or-treats. You know, you buy this stuff like a week, maybe two weeks in advance, and it sits around your house, and by the time, by the time it rolls around, the actual trick-or-treat rolls around, you gotta go buy more because you've been eating them all week. It's a... it's a terrible time. It's the opposite of the summer of fitness. But when I when I stick my hand down into there and look around, if I come up and I got a snicker, I am happy. I am satisfied. I am done. There is like, there is like, honestly, only one thing in all the realm of trick-or-treat candies. In all the realms of like real life candy, there is only one thing to me that is comparable to a, a snicker a bar. And that is... That is the thing that will be number one. Let's, uh, let's go find out what that is. The number one trick or treat candy of all the time on space. Our cow teats a Reese's peanut I like to eat the peanut butter first. <laughs> There's no wrong way. To eat a Reese's. All right, and the number one trick-or-treat treat of all the time and all the spaces, those times and those spaces being Halloween and Halloween-related spaces is, of course, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. The Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is the most popular candy bar by, like, 
by like miles. As I understand it, they are 62% ahead of their nearest competitor, which is, of course, the flavored Tootsie Roll. I kid. But uh, the, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is the juggernaut of the toy world. It's also the candy juggernaut of my life. I love these things so much. I cannot... I cannot express to you my love for the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. If I get one of these, I'm going to eat it. If it makes it to be like two bites, that's considered like a major, major, major success on your dude's part. When I get these in my bag, I will eat one or two. I'm not going to lie. I'll eat one or two. But they they get pushed all the way to the end. They'll be like this small orange pile. And I will wait and I will delay my gratification until I can't. Till I can't stand it anymore and I have to eat my Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. They are so, they are so great. I love, I absolutely love chocolate and peanut butter. If I get like a Hershey bar, I'll, I'll dip it into just like straight away into the peanut butter bar and I'll eat it all day long. I can't, I cannot help myself. The Reese's Peanut Butter Cup was invented in 1923 by H.B. Reese. Eventually, the Reese Candy Company merged with Hershey. Now they're the biggest juggernaut in the world. I read somewhere that the the descendants of H.B. Reese receive $49 million each every year from the stock they got in the merger with uh, the two candy giants. It's amazing, dude. I, I don't know what to say. The Reese's is the best. It's just the best. If you don't think so, you're silly. You're wrong. You're incorrect. It's amazing. It's awesome. It, um, it makes up 47% of all Halloween candy sales, man. It is, it's the juggernaut of the industry. During, during Halloween, you get little, uh, jack-o'-lanterns. During Christmas, you get little Christmas trees. During Easter, you get little, uh, little Easter eggs, little ovals. And those things dominate all of those seasons as well. It's, it's just so great. The peanut butter is so smooth. The chocolate is so delicious. These, these are the sunshine of my life. If I had one right now, I would eat it right here on the air and I would gross you guys out with the slurping sounds. It would be disgusting. So there you have it, my guys. But there are, there are other cool candies out there that also deserve mentioning. So let's, uh, let's get some shout outs to the guys who didn't make it. Sweet tarts, you're in the house. Those peanut butter things that come in black and orange wrappers. You're in the house. Maybe on the dills, Nick. Reese's Pieces. You're in the house. Peanut M&M's. Those small bags of peanut M&M's. You're in the house. Those gift certificates for ice cream cones at McDonald's. You're in the house. Banana Laffy Taffy. You're in the house. Mini Baby Ruth. You're in the house. Those uh, small rings with spiders on them. You're in the house. Those pumpkins that uh, make clicky sounds. Those past plastic clicky pumpkins. Those are definitely in the house. Flavor Tootsie Rolls. I fronted on you, but you're definitely, definitely in the house. Lemon heads, cherry heads, and all the Ferrer pan candy. They come in small little boxes. You're all in the house. Those plain lemon heads. You're in the house. Everybody loves a lemon head. There are so many delightful candies out there. Trick or treat Halloween. It's so fun. Let's keep the tradition alive. 
before we head into the final segment, we have a new show sponsor this week. I am very proud. I'm very happy to have these people aboard. I want them to know that I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. The, the support, the money, everything they're giving us. Let's see what these uh, what these fine folks have to say. If your home is haunted by old carpeting, don't be afraid. Empire is having a monster carpet sale with savings to die for. Save 50% off all the latest styles and colors. We'll bring samples to your home and install next day with no payments till 2003. Save 50% on Empire's monster carpet sale. It's a sale you can sink your teeth into. <laughs> You've done the impossible and made it to the final segment of the show. This is the part where I see robots talks about stuff you bought, saw, or was thinking about. It's pretty random. All right, it is me, and we have made it to the final segment of the show. What a taxing week this has been. I don't I don't know if you guys follow, like, what goes on over on Facebook, what goes on over at Twitter. If so, you can find me at Facebook.com backslash IC Robots. Twitter is uh, at IC Robots. But uh, at any rate, as many of you know, I live in the um, Northern California region of the country and over the over the past few years we have been plagued by wildfires it's it's just like the thing that happens toward the end of October the winds the winds pick up fire starts it gets carried by the wind it's very very stressful very scary it's it's just like way whack my dudes it's a whack 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 time of the year but they they as uh when I say they, I mean PG and E, that's Pacific Gas and Electric. As a as a preventative measure, they've decided to when the winds kick up to a certain level, they're gonna turn the power off for everybody in the affected area. And we we are always in an affected area. So over the over the past few weeks, we've lost power like three times. You guys know this. I did a whole entire episode about the blackout. Well, we had another one, and uh, this one, this one was a bit whacker to me because it kind of, it kind of came out of nowhere. I'm just chilling, I'm doing whatever, and then bang, powers out. I, I don't know. And then the winds kicked up super duper duper heavy that night. A fire, a fire popped off over in Geyserville. That's like a few towns over. It's not near me. Don't worry. It's no big deal. But uh. This was, like, mostly a vegetation fire, like, uh, grass and woods and stuff. I do think there was, like, a house or two lost, but there were no lives lost or anything like that. It was just, like, a vegetation deal, but it was moving quick because of the wind. It's, it's smoky in the air right now where I live in Santa Rosa. It's, it's pretty whack. I was out riding my bike, and I, I only made it a couple miles because the, uh, the smoke was getting in my lungs, and I was just, I couldn't do it. I felt like a wuss. I should have just kept inhaling that, uh, that smoky wood taste, but at any rate, I, I came back home. I feel like a failure, but they're, they're actually gonna do another one in a couple days, because the winds are gonna kick up again, bro, and when that happens, the, uh, infrastructure is so weak that the power poles are gonna fall out of the ground and get destroyed and start fire, and I... I don't know. I guess I can't complain. It's better better to have the power go off than it is to have the uh the entire city burst into flames. Let me 
Let me tell you this really quick. I know you guys don't really want to hear me talking about fire, but I, I do think that this show is mostly about my life. And this is like, this has been a big factor in my life as of late. When, when the, uh, when we know the power is going to get, get popped off, we go ahead and, uh, we power up these, like, uh, you know, these handheld, uh, power banks for the phone, for the tablets and, and all that stuff. It, it's a way to keep your phone alive when there's no power because the phone is a lifeline the phone is of the utmost important that's where that's where you get like news updates that's where you get everything right when you have no power this is like this is your handheld way to connect with the world and my my phone started running low on energy so i i plugged it into the uh power bank and it it showed that i had moisture in the in the charging port and that i I wouldn't be able to charge my phone. And this was, this was a pretty big deal because my phone was like mostly out of energy and I, I needed it just in case, just in case there's like a wave of a fire heading my way and I gotta, I gotta escape. This is how I'm going to find out. And it was, it was showing me that I had moisture and this was, this was a pretty bad thing. Like you can imagine. So I, I soaked it in rice. I did everything that I could think of to get the uh, moisture out of, out of the port, but nothing would Help. So I, I turned my phone off so that um, I could conserve like the last 10% of power that I had left. I would turn it on every once in a while just to, just to see what was going on. It became very dependent on the radio for news. This is, this is a scary time. You guys might think I'm overreacting a bit, but it was, it was pretty whack. The year that we had the fire back a couple years ago, the fire just came out of nowhere and it was, it was upon us before you knew it. So the, the lifeline to society was crucial, and I was, I was really stressing out. I was like stressing out to the max that I couldn't get any um info through my phone. I I may do the best I could. I listened to the radio. I did I did stuff like that, and I eventually the power did come back on, and I I found out that it wasn't my phone. It was the power bank. I found out that for whatever reason, when this power bank and my phone kind of connect when the power bank's on low, that was the problem. The power bank was almost out of power. For whatever reason, it reflects this by saying that there's moisture in the port. And I I was freaking out over all this. Like, if I would have known that it was the power bank, I could have tried a different one that I had. I... I suppose that I should have done that, but I got to admit, man, I was on, like, full panic mode with, with, like, this fire in Geyserville and all this stuff. I, I opted to stay awake. While the family went to sleep, I stayed up on the couch, and I, I did my best to just, like, monitor the situation. I, I also got a report from somebody that there was, like, a fire breaking out on Calistoga Road, which was, like, pretty near to where we live. This was later, later completely, uh, debunked, but at the, at the time, it seemed like a possibility that we might have to bone up, like we might have to raise up. So I, I opted to stay awake. So the next day when I was dealing with this whole thing with my phone, I was not like in a great, a great state of mind. You know how it is when like you stay up all night and you're just like, you're way confused. I was in just an absolute state of confusion. I couldn't figure anything out. And I, I was pretty annoyed. When the power came back on and I plugged in my phone to the uh, the wall, you know, the wall outlet, and it it charged up great. I don't know, man. I was just, I was just super duper duper annoyed by the whole thing. I'm like, my phone is my lifeline to humanity. My lifeline has been severed. What am I going to do? I I made it. Don't worry, though. I I got back. I maintained. I stayed strong. Um, I I do not know if I'm going to be able to get a show out next week 
I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do my best. But they are gonna turn the power off again over the weekend. They think it might go off for two or three days, my dudes. I, I'm living in, I don't know, I'm living in a, in a third world country at this point. I, I'm not really too happy about all of this. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you guys have to hear this. I'm sorry. You got to hear me moan. But there's, there's nothing going on but moaning as of right now. This is a, this is a pretty bad time. Your dude's going, your dude's going insane. But there is, there is some good news to come out of all this. I went over to the Target to get some stuff before the, uh, the power went off. And I found Migos. They had Migos at both the North and the South Targets. We got two Targets, one on each side of town. They had one, the North side one had all the horror ones. And the other one had the horror ones too. But they also had, they also had Jimi Hendrix. I, I picked up Amigo. Let me tell you which ones they had. They had the uh, Werewolf. The one that's uh, flocked. They had the flocked werewolf. They had Jimi Hendrix in the floppy hat. They had the Frankenstein with the scars all over his body and the the -the glow-in-the-dark frame. They had Nosferatu, the glow-in-the-dark Nosferatu. And then they had the one that I bought, the -the glow-in-the-dark Dracula. This is is not the same Dracula that they made before. This is not the uh, Bela Lugosi. Dracula. This is a different one altogether. I I like this figure a lot. He's glow in the dark, like I said. He has a goatee, like a small goatee, and he has a he has a puffy shirt, like a pirate shirt, like the one that Seinfeld wore on that um that famous episode. And he's he's just terrific. Um to me, to me he seems like he's very reminiscent of like a knockoff, like a Mego knockoff, while still being actual Mego quality. I think that he is like a really, really, really cool action figure. I'm glad to, uh, I'm glad to add him to my Halloween collection. I really did consider getting the -the glow-in-the-dark Nosferatu, but I didn't. I already got Nosferatu, and he's a uh, terrific, terrific, terrific action figure, and I, I try to avoid, like, the variants as much as I can. I did, I did get the -the glow-in-the-dark Frankenstein a few moons ago, but I, I don't know. I was really in, like, a, a Mego haze, at that point, I was all about the Migos. My Migo love is still strong, but um, it's been a while since they've come out. So I've, I've kind of got my feet back on firm ground. My feet are back on terra firma, as it were, and I, I'm able to make more thought out decisions. Let's see what else. We also we picked up a couple Halloween blow molds, the the indoor kind, the smaller kind. I love Halloween decorations, like vintage Halloween decorations. We went over to um Whistle Stop. That's a uh, antique store over in the uh, Railroad Square area of Santa Rosa. That's like that's like this historic district where they have just like all kinds of like kitschy shops, and it's cool, man. I I go over there from time to time, but we we stopped in because uh, they had like a nice Halloween display in the window, and we ended up getting uh we ended up getting two different blow molds. We got one that's like a it's like a witch holding a pumpkin, like a jack o' lantern in her hand. It's really really neat. I I posted a picture on the, uh, on the Instagram. You can check that out. That's also at Icy Robots. Everything is Icy Robots if you're ever, if you're ever looking for me. That one was, um, it was $37, which is more snoogans than I, than I like to pay for things. But sometimes when you see, like, a quality piece of merchandise, you gotta, you gotta come correct. We also got another one that's, like, a small pumpkin with a top hat. This one was only $9, which is, 
which is fine because it kind of balances out to both of them being like a more like a more appropriate price. I, I dig these a lot. Right now they're in the uh, window. We have such a great Halloween display for the house. We have all the blow molds out in the front. It looks like a cool graveyard with ghosts. And we got like the blow molds in the window. And this is the cool part. And. We took the uh, little library that we have. Like, we have, like, this small little, you know, I, I've talked about it before. Like, it's a, a little library in the front of the house. We put books in there, and we want people to take them. We we set it up with a, a Halloween display called Spooky Stories. The wife, like, painted a little sign with pumpkins and stuff. And we we put it on the top, and we filled the whole thing with uh, Spooky Stories. The way the library is set up is, like, one side is kid stuff, and the other side is grown-up stuff. On the kid side, it's all, it's all full of, uh, like, goosebumps and DVDs and stuff. On the other side, the adult side, is, like, Stephen King books and all kinds of spooky, scary stuff like that. As so far, this has been our most successful promotion. The, uh, the Stephen King books are going like hotcakes. The goosebumps are going like hotcakes. I, I like to think that it was the sign. That is, uh, like, like really helping out. Like, imagine, imagine kids are going by with their parents and they see like, oh, look, spooky stories, mommy. Stop and get me a spooky story, mommy. And, and they do. They go home and they read some goosebumps. And I also, I like to think that maybe while they're in there, they grab a copy of It or they grab a copy of The Stand or they grab a copy of Thinner or any, any of these, uh, other Stephen King books that are in there. I like to think that we're making Halloween more fun for everybody, dudes. I, I have a goal to make to make Stephen King like a thing for kids again. I want like teenagers and stuff to like read some Stephen King. So hopefully hopefully it will affect them in the way that affected me. I I think we're going to get up out of here. I'm doing this in between power outages and I actually have to go and prepare for another one. Isn't that Isn't that awesome? Got to make sure everything is charged. Got to make sure the freezer is full of ice. I I don't know, man. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. But I won't. I won't go down, dude. I'm always going to stay afloat. Don't worry about me. We're great. I I am going to do my best to get a show out next week. It might, it might be short. It might be, like, really difficult for me to do so because I... I kind of work at a, a system like this. As soon as I finish one show, I kind of immediately jump into the other one. But the problem is I'm not going to be able to jump into this one... Until the power goes back on. So I, I'm i going to do my best. We went to a comic show. The Santa Rosa Comic Con. The inaugural Santa Rosa Comic Con. And I got a lot of cool stuff there. I got some cool recordings. And I, I want to get that episode out to you guys. I want to share that. I will definitely, I will definitely do my best. But I hope, I hope that you can forgive me. If not. Because I'm living in a disaster zone. As it were. Uh, so... Until then, until we meet again, I I love you guys. You're my favorites. Check me out on Twitter at IcyRobots. Uh, the Facebook is facebook.com slash IcyRobots. Instagram, IcyRobots. I would go over there, at least onto the Twitter, and follow me just so you can get, like, the latest updates on my, uh, on my ruinous life and how I'm surviving out here in the, uh, in the jungles, in the woods, in the fire-laden woods of Northern California. So until we speak again, this is me, as your robot, signing off. I'm going to sign off all over again. If you don't know, now you know.
we only have one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Hi. If you've got a second, please drop by supportthereport.com and peruse all of the patron-exclusive content available to those who have the kindness, nay, the courage, to toss in a couple of bucks in support of the greatest podcast in the world, The I See Robot Show. It's well worth the time, and on an ethical tip, it's what Captain America would do. Supportthereport.com